Hello, today we are celebrating 50 episodes of the Two in the Authors podcast. Yeah, I can't believe how quickly uh, those 50 weeks have flown by, David. I do feel like we should still do our and me, Robert Enright. Oh, yeah, and me, David B. Lines, of course. We can't go 49 weeks and not go to week 50. Exactly. Let's stick to this. <laughs> let's stick to what we know best. But anyway, to celebrate, we have a really, really exciting episode for our listeners this week. Mm-hmm. We have got the Queen of Independent Publishing, Joanna Penn, who's going to join us on the show for an unmissable Joanna Penn takeover. Mm-hmm. Um, so within a couple of minutes, David, Joanna's going to be here to discuss mainly selling her books uh, directly as her main talking point, but there'll be tons of information for our listeners uh, to get from her. Yeah. Um, she's also going to be sticking around to tackle the mailbag questions sent in by one of our amazing listeners and obviously to you know admire one of my songs and that. <laughs> is all before she sits in the hottest of hot seats and faces our seven questions. I can't wait to get to that, David. So yeah. before we do, how have the last seven days been for you, my friend? Good. I, I'm maintaining a good flow of um, production in terms of mm-hmm. you know creative purposes, uh, both with the, the screenplay that I, is getting quite hot now in terms of conversations that are going on. Um, so I'm eager on that. And I'm... I, I think because I'm eager on that, it's helping with the discipline of writing the next novella because I just I, I've condensed mm-hmm. it to a certain amount of time. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a, a productive week for me. I, I, I'm still a little bit behind on some admin that um, I, I'm off on holidays in a few weeks. I think when I get back from holidays, I'll, I'll clean that up. <laughs> and um, but other than that, yeah, I'm staying creative, staying productive. I'm in a flow, which I think is always yeah. the best state us orders can be in in terms of productivity yeah absolutely i'm similar great, i'm in a very great. very good flow um, i'm in the final final few chapters of the first draft of my jack townsend book now so obviously i'm off on holiday next week um mm-hmm. to the lovely island of corfu with my family mm-hmm. so i am pushing myself as hard as i can to get that first draft like the end sent yes. off to Emma and then I can just piss off for a week and lay by the pool uh, with an all-inclusive bar and a very exciting child so uh, nice. yes yeah, it's been a good week it's predominantly been writing like you every all the admin stuff is just shoved to the back I'll, I'll pick up with that when I finish that draft but to be perfectly honest I don't really want to talk about you and me David do you think we should go and get our guest on yeah I can't wait for this to Okay, Rob, we got Giddy in the intro um, beforehand. So um, we have on the line our prime guests, which we said we, we wanted uh, when we started the show. This was, this was the peak of the mountain for us. Joanna Penn, thanks so much for giving us your time today. Oh, I'm excited to be at the peak of the mountain with oh, you guys. <laughs> great, great. I hope it's just the beginning though. There's many more mountains ahead. 
Yes, yes, um, we, we, we keep navigating. That's it. That's it. Um, you have been a key voice uh, in the years of Robin. I was going to explain um, how you have, uh, I mean, heavily influenced us uh, through the course of this conversation. But, but before we lodge, you can you just give uh, those who may not have heard, although there'll be very few of our listeners who haven't heard of you exactly, um, the books that you have written and published. Oh, well, that would be a long list. Uh, yes. I, so it's over 40 now, 45-ish, something like that. But basically, I, I started writing in 2006, decided to, to do it properly, took it very seriously, started writing nonfiction, um, started uh, first sort of self-published in 2007-8, started my website, thecreativepen.com, and then the podcast, The Creative Pen Podcast, has been running since 2009, so it's kind of crazy. And then basically since then, I've been writing non-fiction as Joanna Penn um, for authors, mainly self-help for authors. And then as J.F. Penn, I write thrillers, dark fantasy, horror, crime, and now travel memoir and uh, be writing many more things. So I definitely sort of overlap with, um, I think, uh, both of you actually, with the sort of darker uh, suspense fiction as J.F. Penn. Yes. Um, and then uh, I also have the Books and Travel podcast as well. And I guess I've been full-time now for 12 years so I went full-time in 2011 so I've been a full-time author entrepreneur since 2011 um, which feels like a really long wow. time in yeah. the, certainly in the indie uh -huh. space so that's kind of who I am now but just so people know you know I have been writing pretty pretty long time now I guess oh yeah prolifically and and yeah just um, mm -hmm. I guess aka a, a powerhouse in the in the publishing scene and uh, you have inspired both Rob and I. We've said that, and uh, um, the creative pen just a, a fantastic inspiration for us. Rob, you um, you started listening to the creative pen about was it three years ago? And it, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say about three and a half years ago. Um, what your I just had a child, and we just hit COVID, mm. so we was on the lockdown, and I had um, my one government issued walk a day. <laughs> Um, so what I would do is I would strap my little baby to my chest and go for as long a walk as I possibly could. And I had a few books and this is where, um, why your name is so high up on our list of who we'd love to have on the show, Joe, is because there was three podcasts I lived by while I was doing that because I was thinking, how can I get really good and how can I take my writing to an actual business level? And the creative pen podcast was something I just listened to for so many episodes across so many walks so Aww, um, well, just for me that. as a <laughs> as a fan i'd like to thank you for all the content you've put out because and it's one of the reasons david and i wanted to do a podcast like this is because without resources such as your podcast there's probably so many dots i wouldn't have connected yeah. so yeah. it's a big thank you from me there but as much as i'd love to just shower you with praise <laughs> for the uh, next half an hour joe we have got you on here because there's so many things we could pick your brain about, but we thought one of the things you, you've absolutely nailed, and you've sort of alluded to it there in your intro, is there's so many different strands um, of income that you have and so many plates that you spin in your business um, that kind of complement your books. So really, predominantly you're an author, but you have so many other um, pies in the oven. Let's use that analogy. I'm loving them at the moment. <laughs> so. Before we go into detail, something could you just give the give our listeners like a brief overview of some of these 
other means of income that you have for your business? Mm, sure. So, well, one is a podcast. So I'm thrilled that you guys started a podcast. A lot of people might listen to my show and say, oh, well, she's been doing this for so many years. What's the point in me starting a show? And a lot of people say that to me. I'm so glad you guys are doing this because the point is everyone has a different journey and everyone can learn something. I mean, people can learn things from you that they can't learn from me because I'm further right. along on the journey and yes. I'm teaching you things because I'm I'm a few steps ahead in a different way. And so anyone listening who thinks, oh, I'd quite like to do a podcast on whether it's writing or whatever it is, then I would say we need more and more voices. So um, I think that's really important. But yes, yeah, so for me, the podcast income now, um, I have uh, corporate sponsors, but I also have a Patreon. Um, so I have people who they don't have to pay, but they do pay. And then I do extra Q&As. I do um, uh, tutorial videos, that kind of thing for my patrons. So that means that the podcast is essentially a whole nother business. It's essentially a full-time income stream as a podcast, which is quite rare, to be honest. Um, but, you know, it can happen if you plan to monetize. Then I've got um, affiliate income, which means uh, if I sell other people's courses or software, like, for example, Scrivener software or Vellum that we use as writers, then uh, if people buy through my link, then I can get a percentage of that income. And I think that is a great way for anyone to make an extra income, it, but only if you do it in a uh, ethical manner yeah <laughs> so only <laughs> only sell things that you use um and i only work with sponsors who i work who i actually use as well um then i have uh, i do courses i do speaking i do paid webinars uh that kind of thing so those are the main income streams uh, and of course the books and uh, in multiple formats multiple stores um multiple languages all of that kind of thing yeah, you've stretched the web, haven't you, in terms of what in the, the the amount of different formats you can publish, whether it's Audible. I mean, I mean, you had a conversation on email. You were very, very kind to help me out a couple of years ago when I was just starting out. Uh, Joanna, another praise. Uh, <laughs> they, um, it, you, you really you stretch the web as far as it can go, don't you, in terms of publication languages, audio, um, ebook, paperback. As far yeah. as it can go, you throw the web. Yeah, and I think, and now I'm taking it further. So, um, as uh, hopefully as this goes out, I'm doing a, a kick, another Kickstarter, my second Kickstarter. And what we can do with crowdfunding is we can do beautiful books. And I feel like for the last 15 years that I've been doing this, yeah. indie authors have mainly focused on ebooks first. You know, ebooks on Amazon is kind of the 101 of what indie authors do and then maybe we do some print on demand paperbacks um, and then we do audio and then people start doing large print um, and then we start looking at hardbacks and now we're looking at beautiful books because let's face it we have some really good quality with um, Ingram and with KDP print but we can't really do really beautiful books. And so that's what I've started yeah. doing now with my um, memoir, Pilgrimage. I did sort of color uh, printing inside and a lovely uh, finish. And then essentially with the next one, there'll be gold foil on the cover. There'll be a ribbon. So I'm pretty excited oh, about wow. Yeah, look, I'm pretty. A ribbon is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, whole, the whole memoir looks so exciting to me. I mean, uh, um, I feel really proud of you in doing it, even though we don't, I, I, I barely know you, but I guess because I've been listening to your podcast for so long, there's always that sort of weird intimacy when someone's in your ear that you feel as if you know them. Um, oh, well, so, thank you. Yeah, that, that sounds like such an exciting 
uh, project. And what Rob and I were, were hoping to do, uh, well, we, we, we had you today uh, for our main talking point is really narrow in on this idea that you're advocating selling books like you're selling your memoir uh, directly, particularly uh, these fancy paperback copies that, that are going to look amazing. So this could be done through sort of different means like Shopify and Patreon and, and Kickstarter, which uh, terms you, you've mentioned there in the last uh, few minutes. Do you mind if we, we take those sort of one at a time a little bit? Shopify, for example, could you tell our listeners what that is and how we could implement it in terms of being a, a revenue generator for us as in the authors? Well, I'm going to direct you. And so maybe we should take a step back yeah. and say, um, when is it a good idea to do any of this? Because the, one of the problems, right. the, one of the problems with me at this point is that I have been doing this for 15 years and I have a lot of books and yes. I've been running my own business full time for, you know, over a decade. And what happened, I've had some questions lately. People are like, oh, I just love what you're doing with Shopify and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, oh, great. Um, so how many books do you have? And they'll be like, oh, I haven't even finished my first book yet, but I love you. So I want to do what you do. And I'm like, oh, hold up. Yes. <laughs> hold up right now. Yes. So let's just be clear on. So first of all, the idea of selling direct is that we're going direct to our readers. So instead of selling to a an agent or a publisher, instead of selling to Amazon first or to Kobo or whatever, we're actually going direct to the customer. And there are lots and lots of options. So of course, you've mentioned there Shopify, Patreon, Kickstarter are some examples. Mm -hmm. But the main question you have to answer is, do you want to run a business? Because so many authors, Great point. Yeah. so many authors do not want to run a business. So mm -hmm. many authors just want to mm. write a book, upload it to Amazon, and be done with it. And they don't want to deal with, um, for example, if a customer doesn't get their ebook to their device or their print book doesn't arrive. If you sell direct, you have to deal with it. And the reason we pay, so if you go with a traditional publisher, you're essentially paying them the biggest chunk of your money to deal with everything and then if you go with amazon or the other stores you're paying them to deal with all of that but if you sell direct you can make say 95 percent of the money so you right. can make a lot more money but you yes. are taking more responsibility so you only want to look at selling direct if you are ready to run a business and you essentially you'll be handling the customer data so you're closer to the customer mm -hmm. you get more money you get faster money so i can get paid within an hour and normally yes. we get paid nice. at the end of 60 days or 90 days or six months or a right. year that kind of thing so we can make faster money we can make more money but it's also higher responsibility and I, so i wanted to emphasize that before we get into detail yeah great po a really great point actually to raise it probably so it sounds obvious now in retrospect but it's something that you really have to think about before implementing these sort of formats just because you've heard somebody who's been successful is using it mm. yeah and it is much easier to upload your book to amazon and just let them deal with it. But the reason that I think things have started to change, so, and this is totally normal. Um, uh, I, I recently just, in fact, as we speak yesterday out on my show was my 12 year, 12 years of full time. And I reflected 
on my 12 years. And one of the things, in fact, uh, David, one of your compatriots, Aidan McCullen, wonderful Irish um, guy who has a great book called Undisruptible, fantastic, and a podcast yeah. as well. Um, yes. Do you, have you listened to Aidan's? I haven't listened show? to the podcast, but I'm aware of him. Yeah, it's 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 one of them on the list, if you know what oh, I mean. He's, <laughs> absolutely. And I totally recommend that book because oh, he talks about how business models change and are disrupted. And if you don't right. disrupt yourself, you will be disrupted. Mm-hmm. And what's happening, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look at Amazon itself, Jeff Bezos said back in 2013, Amazon will be disrupted. And what has happened is they have disrupted themselves. So where they started as a bookstore, they are now um, essentially their two biggest uh, profit segments are AWS, which is their web services, which is their, we run the internet (laughs) and AI and all of that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is marketing. So um, AMS, Amazon Marketing Services, those are the two biggest profit margins. And that is what has impacted authors selling on Amazon is that now if you're not running ads, you are very likely not selling any books. And I see Rob is nodding there. So, yes. (laughs) So, I mean, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's the reality, right? Yeah. It is. Yes. And that's, um, you've made some really good points there. And it's something we hammer home all the time that this, I mean, I treat mine as a business. I even go as crudely as to say, like, my books are products and I create content and stuff like that. However, in the grand scheme of things, I have to look at it like a business. And one of the points you made there, which is so important, it's that just because someone's doing it, doesn't mean you're in the position to do it as well. And being able to reflect on where you actually are is just as important because one of the things I'd love to go direct, but I don't think even though I have a lot of sales and um, I make a decent income, I don't think if I look at my mailing list and like my social media, I don't think I could go directly to enough people to guarantee the same kind of income I, I still need to build that side of it up um so i think a lot of that stuff there is so bang on and i love hearing it because i agree with it um but some of the things you did say like one of these ways of kind of cultivating that kind of loyalty from customers or readers and stuff i think one of them's for patreon now i'm quite um familiar with Patreon, but for any of our listeners who are familiar with Patreon, could you kind of explain it to them and kind of how an author such as ourselves could implement it as an income stream? Mm, Sure. Well, um, I guess, again, just to reflect on what you said there, I would challenge you on it, which is uh, Kickstarter, for example, and I will come back to Patreon, but Kickstarter is... Um, and Patreon really are, are a thousand true fans. So you might have heard Kevin Kelly's Thousand True Fans, which he published like 2006. Yeah. And it was, this is the model of the creative, which is if you have a thousand true fans who will pay for your book each time, you will make a living. You won't be a multi-billionaire, but you can make enough money to mm-hmm. live as a creative. And so Patreon and um, Kickstarter, I feel, are the thousand true fan model. So you said you've got maybe a smaller email list or whatever. Well, these two models can work with only a couple of hundred people. So, for example, Patreon, mm-hmm. I know in terms of fiction, you both write fiction. Um, yeah. You can do short stories. I mean, there are short story authors making 10 grand per month on Patreon, releasing a short story a month to their audience. And maybe you don't need 10 grand a month. Maybe it's 500. Right. 
500 pounds a month or what you have to think is if people are paying monthly what can you give them and as a a prolific Uh fiction author it might be short stories it might be a novel some people uh, Lindsay Baroka for example is a prolific fantasy writer she puts out her novels first on Patreon so they they pay for it first then she puts it in KU and then she takes it out of KU and puts it wide so over a certain period of time. So she takes the Patreon cut first. And this is the, another way of thinking about it is how do you take the biggest chunk of the, let's call it a pie. How do you take the biggest chunk of the pie yourself first before you let anyone else take a chunk of the pie? And the biggest problem with selling your books first on Amazon is they essentially take a big chunk of the pie. So what you want yeah. is sell yeah. it first on to so the model that a lot of people are doing now is sell it first on Kickstarter. And this Mm -hmm. is how I do it now. So you sell it first on Kickstarter. So my next one is Writing the Shadow, which is about, um, well, turn your inner darkness into words. So that writing from the darker side of yourself. So I'll take the first chunk of money on Kickstarter and then I will put it on my Shopify store, creativepenbooks.com. And then eventually, so in maybe in three months time, then I will sell it on Amazon, Amazon, on all these other places. So coming back to Patreon, for a fiction author, you can do short stories, you can do novels. But the point is, these are people who are happy to pay, even if it's the same price, but let's say nine ninety nine, or you can just, I have different levels, you can say £4 a month or something for a short story. Uh, and they'll also get behind the scenes. So you might do a video like this, you can do, um, essentially, it's a smaller group of people who really love your work enough to pay you per month. So I have a Patreon for my podcast. A lot of people have it for a podcast. Um, and yeah, uh, you build it up over time, essentially. Well, yeah, yeah, really opening my eyes because I, I ha- I'm on the cusp of that. I, I sense, and funny enough, I've read A Thousand True Fans and had, um, I think my wife had done a, a, a talk on it years ago. Um, and it makes so much sense. And I, I'm, I have that. I, I think I have that. I think if I put out a, I've gone from writing novels because um, it take me about six months to write uh, Joanna to writing novellas because I know I had the fan base there to sort of, you know, buy one every three months if I released a novella. But you're really opening my eyes because I could, I could really rein that into charging my readership sort of £10 mm. pounds a month Patreon-wise, couldn't I, rather than the novella. Well, they get a novella um, and then they get whatever else you're going to offer. And offer the I work think- in progress, could I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's lot. Well, the whole hmm. thing, the whole thing here is to think: what do people want? And that's why I'm really, I'm very into Kickstarter now because yeah. you have to think about a sales page and you have to think about what people want. And what is so interesting is, like I said about the gold foil and the ribbon. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the, the feature. That's not the book. The book, Writing the Shadow, you'll be able to get as an ebook. You'll be able to get it as an audiobook. You'll be able to get it in all these other digital formats. But mm-hmm. people who love books really want something with gold you foil need- and, a, and a ribbon well, and, a, and a beautiful feeling in their hand. So sense. what you can do is you think about, okay, what can I offer different people? So I also have included, for example, I've got um, the Shadow Sessions, which are these online writing classes that I'll be doing uh-huh. as well. And again, that a smaller number of people will pay for that, but it, you know, a smaller number of people is what I'm after. And then I'll also sell maybe five consulting sessions. And I don't, you can't get me to consult 
for you in any other way, except if you invite me on your podcast. <laughs> but, you know, to spend, <laughs> to spend, you know, 90 minutes or so on someone's sort of one-to-one, you know, that's a higher price product. So when you yeah. think about what the levels I do on Patreon, what are the, the, the levels I do on a Kickstarter, um, what are the products I can put on Shopify? So, for example, fiction authors on Shopify are doing a lot more merchandise um, because the whole point is average order value, which we never think think about with Amazon. We just think, oh, if someone buys my $4.99 novel, great. But the whole point when you have these other ways is you want them to buy, say, the 12 book box set, which again, you can't sell on Amazon because of the higher price um, cap. Um, So there are so many other options that I want people to think don't let yourself be boxed in by what is standard on a platform like Amazon. Think what are the things we love to buy? Like I just bought this... um, Again, on Kickstarter, it's called A Thousand Libraries. It might be closed by the time this goes out, but A Thousand Libraries. And it's a, it's like a $100 hardback, beautiful book full of pictures of libraries. And that is a one-click purchase for me. And that's $100. Right. $100. And I'm like, yes, I want that. I want click. that. And, um, you know, I've bought tarot decks, I've bought um, vampire gaming, uh, you know, there's lots of things that I will buy that are more, but then I'll also read on my device. So that's what we've got to think is getting out of the the sort of the box box. of just the ebook, the print on demand paperback and the audio book. Joe, you'll be you'll be proud of me. This week, I got the first uh, prototype of my first ever official Sam Pope mug. Ah, to fantastic! Sell ah, nice. off my website. It was like <laughs> I put a a shop into my website earlier this year. Um, so I sell signed copies. Mm. I sell direct uh, for me again. Yeah, the markup on them is brilliant. Mm. Um, and then the the um, the cash to me is almost instant through Wix. Um, but so yeah, my store's through Wix, not through Shopify. Mm. But yeah, I got my first um, prototype of a mug, and now I've got like a couple of companies that I know can do loads of merchandise, and I'm going to start pushing that out. So yeah, I think you're right. Like the merchandise way is definitely a way to go when you have like avid readers. Mm. But you don't know unless you offer. And that True, is yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. Most authors, like you said, I don't think I have the audience for that. And that was a that was you not knowing if you do, actually. Mm. You don't know until you do something like a Kickstarter as to whether people are interested. So true, and yeah. In what you what you're offering. I mean, again, we think well, we have also been responsible for training readers into paying less and less money for our work. And we almost need to start valuing ourselves again and offering things that are more premium because otherwise we're just going to drive everyone out of business. And that is why the biggest trend in the indie author community is selling direct because the incomes have just been spiraling down and down and down um, as KU as audio. I mean, a few, what, 60, 2014, when I got into audio, there was a couple of years when we were just raking it in with audio. And then right. audio, they just drove it down and down and down. Um, the same with KU payouts, as you know. Yeah. Um, this, and then ad costs have gone up. So that's why a lot of authors are now looking at sort of Kickstarter, Patreon, Shopify, or like you mentioned, Wix. Shopify is not the only direct store um, mm-hmm. at all. But yeah, these sort of different options that people are doing. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it really is fascinating. So you, you're running uh, a Kickstarter very soon. It's is it the ninth of October? It, 
Yeah, between the 9th and the 25th of October, it's uh, called Writing the Shadow. Um, uh, People can find that at thecreativepen.com forward slash shadow book. But yes, and that is a nonfiction book on essentially writing from your darker side, which you two should know about. (laughs) Yes. Oh, because we're sick. A couple of sick (laughs) boys. Well, you write, looking at your websites, you write darker books. Yeah, it's the Google Google search history that, that really worries me, I have to say. Um, we're, we're, uh, but, but, let me talk. Let, let me t- let me ask you about the Kickstarter. Sorry again, um, Joanna. There, it, it, this again is obviously something that you you recommend that when people feel that they're at a, a certain stage, a certain level. There's no point in thinking or looking at Joanna and thinking I'm gonna copy what she's doing. You you reach a certain stage, you build a certain audience uh, for it. There, it, it's is Kickstarter one way you w- would really recommend when you feel people uh, orders are on the cusp of, of maintaining that sort of audience? I think what's so interesting about Kickstarter is it has its own audience and the the most important thing is to oh, do yeah. something really cool. So um, I just was part of funding because um, they have, it's a whole different ecosystem. You know, like you get emails from Amazon. Well, once you're on Kickstarter as a, as a user, you get emails from Kickstarter. So like I just funded this, uh, it's called Eat the Reich um, of this vampire game where you go and fight your way to Berlin and then drink Hitler's blood. And I, <laughs> I saw that. I don't know who these people are, but I saw that and I was like hell yeah um that Great, sounds yeah. really cool yeah so the main the main thing on kickstarter is something cool that people want yeah and but many fiction authors so talking about fiction and um, also it builds over time so every kickstarter you do can get you know well can get bigger if you if you write in the same genre so some authors are starting with a sort of 300 kickstarter and i dare say both of you could absolutely fund the 300 kickstarter with your existing audience yeah um so uh, you might you know you could do a, a box set of a special edition box set or the next novel or whatever else and then you know say that funds then next time you aim for a thousand dollars and then um you know eventually so my last one was uh, twenty six thousand pounds. That's around thirty thousand um, dollars. I'm aiming Great. for something bigger this time around. But with, uh, I mean, Brandon Sanderson is the most famous one with forty one million dollars. Is that <laughs> how much he's raised now through Kickstarter? That was his last one. His first no. one was six million. His last one was forty one or forty two million, which bro- basically broke publishing because wow. everyone was like, "Oh, you mean an author can do this themselves?" Ah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that I mean, Brandon Sanders is obviously a famous um, fantasy author, but many authors are starting with, like I said, just a couple of hundred, and then ah. building from there. So I would say what you have to remember is like the Amazon ecosystem or the Kobo ecosystem or the Apple ecosystem. Kickstarter, they, these are all separate ecosystems. Right. So you're essentially, you can absolutely start from scratch on Kickstarter and you don't have to have any audience and then you build it there. In the same way, if you've been driving people to KU for years, then your audience will be made up of people who buy on KU. Yeah. So there is a sort of re-education of both our audience as well as ourselves. And just to be clear, I'm not um, saying you shouldn't be on Amazon. My books are on Amazon. My books are on Apple and Kobo and all these other places. But mm-hmm. I sell in these different ways first yes yeah it's it's uh, yeah it's really uh mind opening actually it's 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 certainly um something I'm, I'm getting interested in particularly the patreon because you can sort of breed into it it doesn't have you don't have to let anybody know that you've only got 
12 people paying for your Patreon, yeah, absolutely. right? Yeah, you can hide that, basically. Yeah. Um, although, obviously, yeah, whereas Kickstarter, it's all very public. Yes. <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is very scary. But that's why you start with a low a low number. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so what I would say is just to, as you say, open your mind a bit. And uh, also, it comes down to, are we really independent authors? And yeah. uh, I think, you know, you, you're the two indie author show. And I've seen many authors become less and less independent over the years yeah um, you're right as soon as you're reliant on one company for the most of your income you're not really independent you're so right we, we've boxed ourselves away from the independence we we preach about quite often on this show you're so <laughs> right we really have with amazon because um yeah apart from i wrote an alec ferguson biography apart from the income that brought me uh, all my fiction stuff basically like it's it's 90 percent of my income is amazon it's it's really, I am boxed into them. I'm working yeah. for, working for it, them, and I mean it can be fine. But then I'm sure you've seen a lot of people who get their accounts um, shut down. Yeah, or yeah, it's so various, vulnerable. Yeah, so and again, I have I'm an Amazon shareholder. I'm a total fan. <laughs> but <laughs> back in the 2008, in the financial crisis, I was laid off, like many people. And at the time, that job was my 100% income. And I kind of swore that day, I I will never let one company control what I do. Yeah. And what's wonderful about going direct? So I've got let's say nearly 800 people on my Patreon. Um, I had like 500 people on my last Kickstarter. Um, I sell on Shopify to thousands of people. So if you take each one of those as an individual income stream, it spreads the risk. Because if I lose 50 people here or 50 people there, it's not as big a deal as losing the one big income stream. Of course, yeah. So that's why I think this way. Um, but again, like we talked about at the beginning, it's about looking at what your your whole income is. So many authors have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not necessarily huh? their income. Um, and I think that's when it, it's a bit different. Um, but for me, it is it is a job. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and you're fully involved in it. And, and, and as I said uh, earlier on in the chat, you, you weave the web as far as you can in terms of, of bringing it in. I think what I've learned, and I'm going to do this, um, I'm going to begin a Patreon. I have a decent following. I mean, it's not huge. I have a good following on social media and on uh, my email list um, of sort of between four and 8,000. And I, I think once I release anything, about 1,000 people buy it. I know that a novel or a novella. So I, I think I'm primed to sort of go into Patreon. I'm going to do it. I'm going to promise I'll do it on the show. And then I'll talk our listeners through uh, my progress on that as we go, as I go about it. And I would just like to add, Joe, I've sp we've been speaking for about half an hour and you just made me want to disrupt everything. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> because, it yeah, yeah um, and just, okay. just on this, a bit of a tip. Tear it up. Yeah, a tip for everyone in terms of all of these things. So if you want to do Patreon for, let's say, short stories or novellas, go find 10 other authors on Patreon who are doing that. Have a look at their levels because you have to see what people offer. Same with Kickstarter. Um, wonderful uh -huh. author, Sarah Rosette, I just or her Kickstarter, she's done a puzzle, like um, a jigsaw puzzle. She also, she does Cozy Mystery, 1920s Cozy Mystery. And she also did these actual original letters that she sends to people in the actual post. Ah, and I was like, that is genius. genius. That is so genius. Love and it. so you look at these different ideas and then you incorporate ideas into what you want to do. So that would be, um, that would be my tip. However you want to do it, there's Great loads tip. of authors who are doing this stuff. So yeah, find people who you can model. Love it. Two in the
Well, it's a Monday, so what will the two <laughs> indie authors say? It's mailbag, mailbag, oh. mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. Boop, 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 boop. Wow! There you go, David and Joe. Very good. Very that good. is that. That is your. That's your worst one yet for our best guest yet. That's what oh, I wow. would say. I saved the worst for Joe. Brilliant. I didn't know where you. Were, I didn't know where you were going with it till about. <laughs> well, I think you were finished when I realised what song that was. It is what it is. I'm afraid, but we do have a question in our mailbag, and it's been sent in by Gabrielle Halpin, and it says, "Hi, David and Rob. I'm looking to get onto the talking circuit and hold ambition to be on stage at book fairs and festivals to pass on my story of earning zero as a traditionally published author to then making six figures per year as an independent author." And congratulations to Gabrielle on that. Um, how can I go mm -hmm. about outing my name in the frame for being invited as a guest for these festivals? Now, I haven't been a guest on any festivals, David. I don't do a lot of talks. I don't know if you have, but I feel this is tailor-made for you, Joe. <laughs> did. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a great question. Um, so realistically, you need to just network in an authentic way. So first of all, going to these things is a really good start because the more you go to yeah. a particular festival or fair or conference, the more you get to know people. And uh, often the people who run these things, you need to get to know them. Um, but yeah, so networking in an authentic way, as in you're not just going to be like, yeah, I want to speak. You're actually um, volunteering, for example, is always a good way to get into the sort of circle of people um then another way is to have a podcast <laughs> um or to write a book that yeah. is useful so many authors for example who come on my um podcast or you know if you're going to speak you need a keynote topic so as much as it is absolutely wonderful Listen. to go from zero to making six figures uh, as a as an indie that's not actually a uh, a really specific topic um, and a lot of people do sort of talk yeah. about that so I would look at another angle yeah. like what can your angle be that will make it interesting for um, a particular show so for example um, children's book authors who sell picture books now that is a hell of a challenge and I know some um, children's authors who've done that in a really interesting way and that might be a talk at one particular event um, whereas I don't know a, a particular angle of who you are as a person maybe you're from let's say you've done it in translation that's another one that's come up recently you know people who are making multi six figures with uh, in germany or, or italy or whatever so i think you have to think about what you can offer to that audience and uh, find a way to pitch that specific topic um but also as i said definitely go to them and network in an authentic way Okay, Rob, it's time for the seven questions. Joanna is still with us. Thanks so much, uh, Joanna, for sticking around. Um, I'm dying to ask you these seven questions. Um, although I should say the first one is, <laughs> am I a full-time author? And the second is, are you wider exclusive? And I think we pretty much sort of uh, covered that in, in the 40 minutes or so we've been talking Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> so we might, yeah. 
Should we skip to three, Rob? Yeah, I think so. We can just go with the four questions. We've, we've ticked those off. The admin's done. Jo, Jo's already introduced herself. We know if you're a full-time author and if you're exclusive. So question yeah. three of the seven questions, Joe, I'll give it to you um, now, is can you name the one service you use as an independent author that you couldn't do without? Yeah, th- this is a very challenging question <laughs> because I use mm-hmm. so many tools. I should say that, you know, I'm I, I'm a single, a solopreneur, as they say. So I do everything myself. Uh, well, I work with some freelancers, obviously. But um, I was the, the first right. one that came to my head is Scrivener, which I have used to write pretty much every single book. Um, but of course, that is not just for indie authors. That's for <laughs> writers in general. So I'd probably say, um, so yeah. my second one would be Vellum, which I use for for Mm-hmm. But I do have a whole list at the creativepen.com forward slash tools. And that is a whole list of things that I use because I use so many to run my business. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. I think Vellum is now the, the top answer in of yeah. 50 authors that we've asked this question to. So it's such a great tool um, for, for such a horrible job otherwise other than that piece of software um so question four then uh joanna is that how do you market your book <laughs> which which is so <laughs> funny because it's a huge it. topic i mean i've done like three day courses yeah, so on broad. book marketing <laughs> i have a book on how to market a book and it is very big um but in terms of yes. it's, this is this is seriously such a big question and what i would say to people is it will depend on who you are as a person on what your book is particular book and of course i have many books and also what you know how you like to spend your time um so for example i decided for my non-fiction i primarily market with content and that is through the podcast and so a few years ago i kind of stopped doing video Uh, i do occasional video but i don't choose to do video so i don't do tiktok i don't do video on social media um uh, so i think when you make a marketing choice then it helps if you stick to it. Uh, So that would be one big thing. And then for fiction, again, it's content marketing. I mean, I have built my business on content marketing. And so for fiction, it's permanently free. So Stone of Fire is permanently free um, on all the stores. And uh, that's a big part of it. And then email marketing. So pretty much my main focus has been content marketing and email marketing and also books in a series, I would say. But yeah, this is such a huge topic <laughs> yeah it's such a broad one <laughs> but summed up so succinctly in a few minutes i love it <laughs> yes um, but i think it's a really really interesting thing about the perma free because i've had experience with the perma free that kind of went well but the momentum ran out but again it goes to show i probably wasn't doing 99 percent of all the other things you were doing as well to keep that momentum rolling um but i, I like the point you made about sticking to a marketing plan because I think I need, when I did that, did I start getting success, which was sticking rigidly to the plan I put in place and getting good at it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, for all, all the, um, if, if people are really interested in in your proper marketing stuff, Joanna, we will direct them to you and your website and your podcast, because like you said, it's uh, <laughs> you yeah. can't do it in a few minutes. Yes, um, such a wealth of information, yeah. Yeah, but um We'll move on to question five, and this will be interesting due to the wealth of information. And that's, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you started 12 years ago, 13 years ago? Uh, Yeah, so I think realistically it's that this is a long-term career and that there's no rush. 
And I feel like a lot of no. people who just start out, um, you know, when we're writing that first book, we don't necessarily know that we're going to write more books. And we don't necessarily know that in years, in years and years to come, we'll be making the money. And I still remember making like £1.47 or whatever it was in my first month and ne never thinking that I could leave my job or, you know, run the business I do. So I think it's just that this is a long-term career. So if you think about it long-term, that will help you frame everything else. Yeah, absolutely. It really is a sort of a long-term game. And, and uh, one of the big frustrations Rob had when we were starting out the podcast was those who, and you brief, you, you touched on this, I guess, in your main talking point, is those who just wanted to rush into being successful very quick and they couldn't understand it with two or three books out that they weren't able to hit these numbers. It just, it makes sense that you really have to be thinking long-term. Um, and that's and that, that's a perfect uh, point for it. Question six is also going to be interesting from you, Joanna. What's the biggest frustration for you as independent author? Well, what's funny is these last three questions, I, I'm, I'm coming at the same thing from different directions. So my frustration is that people are in such a rush <laughs> for, that they want, <laughs> they want immediate sales <laughs> and immediate validation. And then they forget yeah. to build for the long term. So people are like, well, don't tell me that I need to do content marketing or like the perma-free thing we just talked about. I've had my, I've had Stonify perm, perma-free for like a decade. <laughs> and because, right. and it's all over the internet, it's every, it's everywhere. And the point is that's, that's the first book in a 12 book series. And that brings people in every single day. And I don't even know how they arrived in my ecosystem <laughs> at this point. Wow. I mean, they're pirated, they're whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter because they are everywhere. But someone, and someone finds, like you mentioned, you found the podcast a couple of years ago. Well, obviously I've been doing it oh. since 2009. So the point is people... It frustrates me that people say, well, why can't I make six figures now? And I'm like, well, you've just put out one book and it's like month two. And that's not yeah. how it works. And so I, then they do things and then they say, oh, this doesn't work. And that really annoys me. So, for example, yeah. the Shopify thing or the wide thing, again, I hear from you, Rob, uh, saying, oh, if I went wide, then it, it wouldn't replace the income. Well, the point is it doesn't right now, but it does in two years or three years and I'm building, I've spent the last 15 years building the business I have now and I'm going to spend the next 15 years building the next iteration of my business. So I'm really thinking that long. I want to still be doing this. There are so many people I know who are not here now, who are not that not that they're dead, although some of them are. <laughs> but, but it's more like people, yeah, a lot of people leave the leave the author industry because they are not happy with what's the way it's going and often no. that's because their expectation doesn't match the reality and they expect yeah, it yeah. to happen much more quickly so i guess that's why that's what i'm frustrated about and this relates to my one yeah. piece of advice so we can get straight into that no. Oh, we'll go straight into that. I mean, I was, I was going to make a comment that our listeners are going to love the fact that you've kind of like told me off a little bit on the podcast, and I, I, agree, I actually appreciate it. Like, yeah, but it is. It's good. I like that. I love, oh yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm. I think every day that you can learn something or have a new perspective or get a kick up the arse to do something you want to do is is the the only way you grow and get better. So. Um, yeah. I, I take that little slap on the wrist with a smile on my there's, face there's and I'll no cry about it. It's just encouragement. It's <laughs> no, encouragement. 
Joanna's voice is always, well, encouragement slash slap on the wrist. But even when she does talks, I've been at talks and it, you really get that sense mm. when you come out of a talk that you've done, Joanna, that you've you've actually, somebody's pushed you oh, well, forward. That's good. I do get that. And I get, I get that from your, yeah. I get that from the Creative Pen, the podcast I always have done. Yeah, yeah. it's a great voice. It's perfect. It's, 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 it's a good. And like I said, you, get, you have to always be open to listen, to, to learn and stuff like that. But... Um, speaking of learning and advice, perfect segue. You've already mentioned it. It goes into the question seven. What is the one piece of advice you would leave our listeners with? So it is to think long term. And um, and so, yeah, remember, you are building intellectual property assets and you're building a body of work for a lifetime, but also up to 70 years after you die. So don't be so quick to give your control away, to sign your rights away, to let others control your creativity and your business. Um, but if you think long term and make decisions around that and spend time on your craft as well as your business, then it's going to be it's going to be much more fun of a journey, I think, and also ho hopefully a more lucrative one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. All those things, enjoyment and, and uh, the money, um, is, is a great point to end on. Joanna, thanks so much for giving yeah, us an hour of your you. time. It's been an absolute pleasure. We really appreciate it. Oh, no. Thanks so much for having me, guys. David, nearly well, over a year ago, you and I plotted and planned um putting this podcast together what we wanted it to be kind of what messages we wanted to put out how we wanted to format it what topics to tackle all that jazz and one of the things we did is we did a list of who our you know dream guests would be and yeah. joanna joanna was right bang at the top of that list yeah. so yeah. i can't believe the mountain we've had a yeah we've had her on uh no it feels like a massive achievement for us it does, yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's an absolute well. It's a milestone guest for a milestone episode. So episode mm. fifty of talking to you every week, buddy. It's been great. Um, yeah, we're just on the cusp of a year doing this, but yeah, that that that's um, that's the um, a, a memorable episode to me. Uh, having Joanna on, just just yeah, uh, we said it to her a lot. Um, <laughs> for a privilege to really to have her on. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, you know, she tackled our seven questions. There's probably loads of listeners who yeah. haven't tackled our seven questions yet. They need to get onto our Facebook group, Instagram, www.twoindieauthors.co.uk. Find that form, fill it in, get on here like Joanna and answer those seven questions. Now, David, I'm not going to lie, you're holding me up from going on holiday. So mm -hmm. tell me, what you got on for the next seven days? Go on. Uh, more productivity, hopefully. Yeah, that's it. And then I will be planning my own holiday, just as you're packing your bags for yours. So it's it's weird. We always seem to we always seem to have holidays next quite close to each other. The last time I think we got a bang I, on. This time we're a week apart. I don't know. I think we could just tell our listeners that you and I holiday together. We have such a lovely yes. type as well. <laughs> yeah, it's how we met. On holidays are us. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I will um, see you when I get back from holiday. Thank everyone for listening to. Dum 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 d